Shalom, and welcome to In the Beginning. My name is Shmuel Bowman, and I am a Torah scribe. And welcome back to In the Beginning. And uh, I'm, we're just, I'm just so excited about the festival, the Hug of Sukkot. And I couldn't think of a better person to speak to us about Sukkot than our very special guest today, my wife, Leah. Hi, Leah. Hey there. Pleasure to be here. I'm glad you're here. Just as a form of intru- way of introduction, Leah is a licensed tour guide in Israel. And you can check out her website at IsraelOnlineTours.com. Again, that's IsraelOnlineTours.com. It's one word. And see all the really neat stuff that she's doing, both in Israel and also um, online, right? Yeah, absolutely. That was something that was one of the silver linings of the COVID period. Started doing online tours and uh, people enjoy them until today. Amazing. Okay, we're going to jump right in and talk about Sukkot. Let's first take a look at Sukkot really in the days of the uh, temple going back uh, 2,000 years or more. Yeah, so what happened back in the time of the temple, the Beit HaMikdash, Uh, is something that we can see with our own eyes today in Jerusalem. You walk around Jerusalem today, you go into the city of David. At the bottom of the city of David, there's a spring called the Siloam or Shiloach. And they used to go down there on Sukkot and take a gold jug. And they would scoop up some water, about a half a liter, and carry it back up to the temple to the Mizbech, to the altar in the temple, and they would pour the water over there. Now, all of this was accompanied by trumpets and music and singing, and it was uh, a tremendous uh, event. And until today, you can actually see the same water is just flowing out of the mountain in a natural spring, and you can see even the um, exact place that they would collect this water. You can go down there in the city of David, And in fact, on Sukkot, they often do a recreation of this event with the spectacular trumpets and everything. And once they would do that up in the temple, so in the evenings, there would be singing and dancing and wild parties, and the parties would be attended by all of the leaders of, uh, of the Jewish community at the time. And the people that would come there to, the, uh, to the, all of these events, uh, the Jewish people were actually obligated to come to Jerusalem for the festivals three times a year, Passover, Shavuot, and Sukkot. And it wasn't just a holiday of the Jewish people. In fact, it was a major event for the entire world. There's an ancient writer who says that thousands of people would come from thousands of cities to Jerusalem, which was a protective port in the stormy seas of life. It was truly a grand festival, campgrounds set up all around the the city. And till today, we can still see the huge pools which would collect water so that the the uh, all of the pilgrims, all of the Oleha Regel, would be able to uh, to drink and to camp out around the old city. Well, it must have it must have been really really incredible sight to see, is uh, like a, almost like a you know a world event. I mean, this is something that's not just a local you know community festival. This is something that is really on a national and perhaps even a global level. It most certainly was. And as we speak all the time, 
the sidewalks that enabled all of these people to get together with their friends, to shop, to comfortably walk from the Shiloh, the Silom, or to walk up to the temple, to walk around the area. These beautiful sidewalks are being uncovered all the time and revealing an, an incredible city. There was a a writer back in the ancient times, and he said that Jerusalem is, a, is an illustrious city, not just in Judea, but in the entire East. Well, that, that's, that's, uh, that really paints a, a very vivid picture of what must have been going on back then. Um, and I can imagine, I'm just trying to imagine people coming from all over, people, you know, reunions, family reunions, I'm imagining... Uh, people coming together, doing business, perhaps, exchanging ideas, um, getting married, perhaps, people meeting each other. Uh, and, you know, I mean, it must have been an absolutely incredible gathering. It was. And it was a very lavish affair as well. In fact, hot off the press, recently uh, excavated and recently revealed, and I'm talking about two weeks ago, just hit the press that there was uh, at an archaeological conference at the City of David, they have every year, and this year they showed the actual, some of the actual finds from the City of David, from what's called the Givati Parking Excavation, funny name, but you know, everything in Israel has its deeper meaning. I remember, we used to park our car there, no? Yeah, it actually was a parking lot until 2007 when they decided they wanted to to build a museum, and of course, if you're going to build anything in Israel, first you have to excavate. They've been excavating now ever since 2007, and they just keep finding more and more interesting things going deeper and deeper, and now they've gone back to the time of the first temple period over 2,500 years ago, and they have found something unbelievable. So this is something that, you know, that I could go and see, that anybody can go and actually see these new excavations? Well, yes and no. <laughs> um, they, uh, they, the, at the conference, they give you a, kind of a sneak preview of what's going on like right now in archaeology. They publish some of the initial reports and they bring out the finds, the, the actual items that they found. Now, you won't be able to go back and see them there. They're not there on permanent display, but they did publish, and you can get a book about the, uh, the current excavations over there. So, wow, that's amazing. So if I'm, in, in, if I'm visiting Jerusalem today, um, walking around, going on, a, you know, going on a guided tour with you, for example, uh, what sort of things might I see today, uh, remnants uh, from, you know, from from 2,000 years ago. Right. So this latest find, and again, you can't exactly go down there into the excavation. You can't exactly see it, but we can get pretty close. We can see where they're working. And what they have just revealed is a very fancy two-story building from the end of the first temple period. So that's around 25, 2600 years ago. And in this building, well, it was two stories. The upper floor collapsed by fire because it was destroyed when the Babylonians destroyed Jerusalem. Everything that was in the upper layer fell down to the lower layer. So you can see what was from the upper floor and what was on the lower layer, the lower level that was actually not burnt. And it was quite, very, quite well preserved. It's, uh, you know, it makes me think that 
if you really want to experience, for example, Sukkot and really understand Sukkot, then really the place to really touch it and really see it and feel it is here in Jerusalem. Right. And really to an incredible level of detail. Now, what they found on the lower level were huge jars, storage jars, and they contained and they were able to use, uh, archaeology is advancing all the time with all of the sciences and using uh, chemistry, they're able to determine that these large jars, these large vessels contained very fine wine, very fine wine, and also some of them olive oil. So much fine wine that you could host quite a big party, quite a big happening, uh, whether it be on, on Sukkot or any other time. And uh, they also found in there very fancy decorated uh, furniture, remnants of decorated furniture that had uh, ivory inlaid into it. Now, why is this so amazing? Well, there aren't elephants over there in Jerusalem. And this means that the ivory was actually imported so we're getting a picture of a Jewish sort of a, an administrative building or some kind of a palace of a minister of the king. And perhaps his name was Natan Melech. They found actually uh, stamps, seals, bule, of people that we can identify. It's clearly a Jewish building. It's clearly a very fancy building. And it seems to have belonged to not even the king but one of the ministers of the king, someone who was working for the government back in the first temple period, and he was able to host fancy parties with imported decorations, and we know they were also exporting wine and olive oil around the world. And this paints an incredible picture of Jerusalem and Jewish life in Jerusalem in the first temple period, and certainly celebrating the holidays, Sukkot, and all the other holidays. And that is what you can see very much in detail. And again, you won't see the exact excavations. We only get to go in there at this point, like once here at the conference. It will be open in the future to the public. And right now, you can go into the area and see generally where it was. And of course, uh, pictures of all of these amazing finds. This is what I love about this, that, um, uh, you know, going on a, on a tour with you, uh, you know, you can go and you can see buildings and you can see archaeological sites. Uh, you can see the stones and all that kind of uh, very interesting uh, things. What you do is you fill in the people, the people who are actually there. Like you just talked about the administrative bureaucrat, the person who's involved in the administration. Wow, I never would have thought of that. So, you know, you're, you're kind of, in a sense, populating these rooms with the uh, the men and women who would have been there 2,000 years ago. And now that really fills in the whole picture. It's absolutely amazing what you're, what you're sharing with us. Thank you. Now, what, do, what happens today in Jerusalem? When you come to Jerusalem for Sukkot, so you can't go up currently to uh, the Temple Mount to find there the temple, the Beit HaMikdash, it is not currently there. But what you can do is you can participate in this uh, festival. You can participate even in the celebration of uh, the water libation, which is called Simchat Bet Ashueva. And you'll find this all throughout the country, big parties, singing and dancing, all the, the traditional Jewish dances and the music, and just big parties are going on. And, uh, and you may be able to uh, participate 
in something like that, as well as coming to the old city and you will see there thousands and thousands of people just streaming into the old city just to be there, just to be kind of part of it, to go over to the Kotel, to the, the Western Wall, the Wailing Wall, and just to, be, just to be there. You know, we live in an incredible time. I mean, if you think about it, what you're describing as to what happens now, what we're going to be experiencing now during Sukkot is not always what has been going on, um, certainly 100 years ago or more. Um, so it's an incredible window. It's an incredible open door that we are currently uh, walking through in this incredible time in history. Um, and uh, something that just shouldn't be missed. Simcha Beit Shueva. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure we're going to be, are we going to do be doing some festivities at our sukkah? Probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> bring out bring out the musical instruments and have a great time. And certainly there's some really wonderful events going on. I know we're going to be uh, trying to um, attend some of those. Uh, this has been really fantastic. Well, thank you so much. And uh, everyone should have a very uh, Happy Sukkot, Chag Sameach. Chag Sameach. And again, Leah, thank you so much for uh, joining us on In the Beginning uh, for the uh, Sukkot special. And uh, please come back again. Thank you. I look forward to it. Please join me every week for new ideas. And uh, let's share these secrets together. Shalom. I'm Shmuel Bowman. In the Beginning is produced by Sacred Scrolls. You can subscribe to our podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, or Amazon Music. If you have any questions or comments, please be in touch through our website at sacredscrolls.net. Thank you for listening.